When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to unmute myself imagine imagine i forgot to unmute myself but how's it going people welcome you just to told us he just went don't forget to unmute yourself guys imagine i told you that here we are here we yeah. are it's one it's one, of, it's one of those ones people it's new year's happy new year first and foremost people hope you hope you enjoyed wishing you all the best for 2024 but it is one of those shows where we're coming off the back of not just one loss two losses in a row one win in five games it was all good just a week ago is the famous quote because a week ago we were top of the league at Christmas and now we're fourth um, and somewhat reeling um, in what is, in my opinion, the beginning of the title race, the second half of the season. I've got Jordan with me, Lee with me, James with me, the regulars, um, guys and girls, you're with me, hit the like button, let's get it up to a thousand. And they say it's going to be one, I think, for the faint-hearted. Sometimes when we have loss and, and you know, we talk about it, it tends to be a more negative show i guess is the word that you guys and girls like to use out there but what do you expect and well what do you expect today after the way arsenal have been playing recently um but let's get into it because we've got a lot to talk about james just looking up at the sky i've spoken to james a little bit about it, considering we was on the watch along full-time show and whatnot so let's head over to lee usually i start with you but jordan i haven't heard from you yet and i think this is one where i want to hear from you first so Give me your thoughts and feelings a couple of days after a loss to Fulham. And before you do that, let me unmute you. There you go. You're oh, good. Sorry. Yeah, just as you were unmuting, I was doing it as well. Um, yeah, man, uh, not 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 good enough. Not good enough. Um, better team won on the day. Mm. No real complaints. Um, people are talking about the first five minutes, first ten minutes. We were we were we were at it, and and we were. Doesn't mean anything, you know. Game's ninety minutes plus long. You got, you got, to, you got to put it in for the whole game. Um, it's kind of what I kind of expected. I mean, you guys all predicted a win, and I want to ask you guys why. And I, and I don't say that because I got the result wrong as well. So I don't say that as like some kind of like a shot at you guys. But I'm genuinely interested to know why people predicted an Arsenal win. Fulham are title contenders, but they're no mugs. The back of the West Ham game really dented my confidence in this team. I didn't generally have any real 
belief that this team would win and respond after the West Ham game. I thought they'd get a draw. Um, there was no evidence to suggest, apart from blind loyalty and being an Arsenal fan, why you would predict an Arsenal win because the, 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 the game against West Ham wasn't atrocious. It was poor finishing, fair enough, but something's not right. Something is not right at Arsenal at the moment. Um, and I, I just don't have any faith in this team at the moment. I don't... I predicted Arsenal to win the title. Arsenal were my tip to win the league this year. And that was based off of, again, not blind loyalty to my football team. I looked at everything and I really weighed everything up. And I thought it'd be close between the top three teams, us, Liverpool and City. But having weighed all those things up, I, I thought Arsenal would win the title this year. I thought Arsenal would learn from last season. If you look at teams a lot of the time when they just miss out, not all the time, but often the following year, they come back good. Look at the championship. Teams that often miss out in the playoffs or the playoff final tend to come up the following season. So I thought Arsenal this year would come would, would come back better. I thought City, as many did, would have a would have a natural dip. You reach the top of the mountain. I don't care who you are, you're going to have a slight dip. I've seen that. But my concern about winning Arsenal the title now, and I'm not I'm not going to make any kind of huge statements in terms of we're not going to win it. But let's look at the facts. Manchester City have had their worst start in a long time and they're still in touch with the, at the top of the table. Their best player is back in the squad. Their next eight games, um, sorry, the next 10 games, I think it is, they don't play a team in the top eight and they don't have anybody they're losing to AFCON or the Asia Cup. <laughs> so we've all, and also you factor in, this is when they start purring. It doesn't look good. And we're not only trying to catch City, Liverpool in the mix as well now, who who are in their groove. So in terms of our title aspirations, I, I, I'm not confident we'll win the league this year now. I think we've got lots of problems. But just briefly, and finally going back to the game itself, I don't really have anything massively to say apart from there's just too many players that aren't performing. I'm sure you guys can go for the individuals, but did anybody play really well on, on, on the weekend? Did anybody? Anybody? Like, there was a couple of okay performances, but most players for me were five out of ten and less. And that's just not good enough. And if you're going for a title, I think you can forgive a loss. You can forgive a loss. But when you lose when you lose a game, you're going for the title, you don't lose the next one. You can't lose back to back games. And, and and I think my final point, and I will yield, is everyone's talking about the need for a striker. And and I, I don't disagree with that. I think the only way Arsenal will win a title this year now is to go the other way. I think the only way Arsenal win this title this season is to have a defensively secure um, second half of the season. Because I just don't have faith that Saka, Martin and Jesus will score the goals to, to fire us to a title. I think we have to look at our defence. We're, we're, we're conceding way too many goals and shitty cheap goals as well. And I just don't why see... Don't, a... Why don't you have the confidence in Saka, Martin and Jesus? Is, is it them three in particular or is it the system that they're playing in now? A bit of both, a bit of both. And I think there's questions we can discuss about a system change. But I just, I said, sort of end of end of the season, I don't see Saka, Martelli and Jesus scoring 15 plus goals again. I never saw that. And for us to be in a title race again, they had to do that minimum. That had to be the minimum. And I just didn't have any belief that Saka was going to score 15 goals again. Not because I don't rate him. but I just don't think they're the guys to score 15 plus goals. And that's what you need to do. And I just don't see it now. So if we're going to win the title... I only see it happening now if we keep five out of seven clean sheets. We need that sort of form now because we're having to score three goals to guarantee a win. That's not sustainable. That's not sustainable. No. On um, you, you made a point about 
you ask a good question. Why why did we go for a win? Because you're right. In in a lot of ways, Arsenal have a lot of form under Mikel Arteta when when one result when it rains it pours, when one bad result comes, followed by a few. In fairness though, I'm not sure you can say blind loyalty. I think after mm-hmm. Villa, after Newcastle, where we actually played fine in those games, I'd argue didn't deserve to lose. We responded really well. And I thought that this team had maybe overcome that cycle a little bit. And actually, again, with West Ham, and I know we all kind of really had our complaints about that result, but what's funny is it takes a worse result and a worse performance to make you realise that there were positives in the West Ham game in that that same performance maybe wins you that game six out of ten times. You know, we didn't come out the West Ham game going, we were awful, we were dreadful, we were outplayed. But that's what we're saying about this one. We were. Fulham were the better team. By the yeah. 70th minute or whatever, I think they'd had 12 shots to our 11. We were chasing a goal by that point. We've Can been you not be the better team, though? Sorry to cut you. Can you not be the better team yielding possession? So people talk about against West Ham, and I just said it as well, we weren't that bad. Actually, West Ham's plan was to give us the ball. Did we pepper the goal? We had no. lots of chances, but I, I'm, I'm thinking now, just because Fulham had more of the ball and outplayed us, is it not possible to be the better team without the ball in the case yeah, of West Ham? Absolutely, absolutely. And it like we can be snobs about, you know, especially someone like me, like you know, about you know, possession-based football and the way to win or whatever, but absolutely you can yield possession. But without taking like without taking credit from West Ham, because I, I do think they deserve a lot of credit. Liverpool and City, with the same openings and chances, batter them for five. Like, they, they do. So so the, the, the games were very different. One was, you idiots, how many chances do you need? You've lost this game and it's your fault. You've got no one to blame. The second one, Fulham, is as much, you all weren't at the races. I'm disappointed for completely different reasons. Fulham also, I'm going to give you credit. By the way, I'm not, that makes it sound like I'm saying... The West Ham one was worse. It's not like I'd rather we play well, but you know what? You have a bad day in front of goal. Fulham wanted it more than us. They were, they took it to us. They were braver than us. They like, you know, we keep talking about facing low blocks and not having the answers. Fulham weren't a low block. They, they pressed mm-hmm. us. They, they attacked us. They, it was end to end. That first, the first 20 minutes was everything we could have wanted. We got an early goal. They were chasing us. It was kind of back and forth, open end to end. And we couldn't do anything. Not good enough. Lee, you was there as always before I, I give my opinion. I want to hear yours. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I agree with what the guys say there. Like, you know, total blindness of law. We maybe that's something part of it. Like, also, I think that. I was in the camp of, uh, you know, um, they'd lost their last game to Burnley 2-0. Um, they're, they're, they're a decent side, but if you're going to win titles, you're going to go there and win the game. Um, and I felt that we wasn't that bad against uh, West Ham. <clears throat> I I never was that convinced that we was going to win the league last season because of certain a lot, quite a few things. But this season, I felt that the signings and um, the way the excitement of the season, we, we would have a good chance. I, I think Mikel ruined it all. Ruined it all. Uh, I, I don't think there's a feel-good factor in the in the dressing room at the moment. I see things off the side that I've not seen before. Players coming off when they've got the ump. Um, 
and I'm going to say it now, like, you know, um, he's got all of that to blame. The goalkeeping situation, first and foremost, I'm going to go back to that. Um, he dropped a goalkeeper that probably didn't necessarily do. For a goalkeeper that I don't think has, um, had, a, had, a, has had a bit of a raw deal by everybody because everybody felt it was unjust. Um, he hasn't improved our defence. He hasn't improved the standards. I'm fed up. And anybody that comes back with me about statistics of last season, I don't give a flying... I, I feel like swearing about his statistics when he played in a Brentford shirt. I've seen his statistics and I've seen what he's done in an Arsenal shirt and it hasn't been good enough to replace somebody that was playing last season. He doesn't make the saves and sensational saves that Ramsdale made last season. Aston Villa last season, we win 4-2. If it wasn't for Ramsdale making that save, we lose that game. Tottenham away, certainly other games as well. And I think at the end of the day, the first goal, I know I'm not going to, I'm not blaming him for it, but it goes under his body. You've got to make somewhere along the line sensational saves. Doesn't do it. Doesn't do it. I get what you're saying. You can't blame him for the goal, but at the same time, when has there been a goal? Like uh, the one I think of is Villa. Like it, it wasn't smashed into the top corner. And because it was from close range, you're kind of saying, well, it's not Raya's fault. You can't blame him. But I know what you mean. Where's yeah. that? Where's that save he shouldn't have been? He's not won us a game. He's not won us a game. Liverpool away. I know that you look at him and go, well, he shouldn't have saved it. But somewhere along the line, you have to make a sensational save. David Seaman done it for for four or five games in that season. We won the league in his first season. You hold your hand up and go, it's right. Now, at the end of it, we are conceding corners. Again, I'm not saying it's down to him, but we are conceding corners. Why? Is it because his stature is not big enough and all that, like, you know? And what really gives me that, what, what, what I'm going on about this is, and it's not, again, I'm not going on about the goalkeeper, it's the whole thing of it all, like, yeah? He had a nightmare of a game against Luton Town, right? Cost us, nearly cost us the game, right? Jesus has one bad game against West Ham and he's dropped for Eddie. You, why are you doing it for for just you do Trossard poor drop? Is, is it one bad game, Lee? For Jesus, yeah, mm. I, I would say that he's not. You know, I think that if I'm not was he even that bad? Chances, I don't think but... he's been that bad. He's been, I think his all round play's been good. I think he's scored a few goals since he's come back. Um, I, I, I'm going to say one, one. All right, maybe one or two bad games since he's come back. Has Ray not had one or two bad games? Ask me the yeah. question. Is he not? But he's still there week in, week out. Kivior has a bad, bad first half. Axed. Well, actually, I'll, I'll jump on that point, Lee. I'm glad you mentioned Kivior because I think that's a better example. Because the thing with the goalkeeper, you're right. Rye's, yeah, he, he has had moments that you think, all right, well, why don't you be as ruthless with him, with him as you are with others? But I understand if you picture number one that you want to stick with him to a degree. And I'm not saying that's right, but I think the Kivior one at half time is a really good example. Was Kivior that bad? Like, you know, he wasn't Made great. He wasn't, sorry? Made a mistake for the goal. That's it. Other than that. I, well, I, I argue that there were three mistakes made earlier. Yeah. Saka losing the ball, Saliba yeah. going out and not getting tight enough. The whole defence is pulled apart and he's kind of on the back. Listen, I'm not saying, it, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not, but what I'm saying is he was ruthless with that one, wasn't he? Right, yeah. half-time. Kivior off, Tommy has to one. And I'll give you a second example. He said Eddie came in because he's managing the fixtures and he's rotating in and out. 
Ben White's played every game. And now, by the way, the reports have come out confirming everything that I was seeing in the West Ham game. He's injured. He's carrying a problem and he's playing through it. But he'll he'll come out every 90 minutes. People thought I was crazy to suggest Cedric could play. What's he in John. the squad for if he's not able to do a job against, with all due respect to Fulham, who are a good side, 14th place in the league? What we got him in the squad for then? But no, but the change is Jesus for Eddie. And what you end up with is an 11, with Kivior as your inverted left-back, who's not a progressive passer. Havertz as your left eight, who is this second striker floating, I'm going to do my great work <laughs> off the ball. And I have been one to give him some credit for that, to be fair. And Eddie, who doesn't drop deep and link up. And so you've got that all happening on the left-hand side of the pitch, and you wonder why Martinelli's struggling. 100%. Why is Martinelli struggling? I'll tell you what, because obviously, like, form. Let's get that right. How many times has he had a number eight playing? Last season, he had Shaka playing every single game. Reliability. I've seen Havertz playing that position. I've seen Trossard playing that position. I've seen Smith Rowe played in that position. I've seen Vieira playing that position. And still, you know, I think in the last few games, Havertz has, has, has turned it on. I've seen Shinchenko playing at left back. I've seen Kivyar playing at left back. Like I've seen Tomiyasu playing at left back. Like you know, shall I continue? Like you know, so on that on that point, Lee. So, sorry to cut you, Lee. So because I, I think this is worth exploring, and I, I really want to hear what Turkish has to say as well. But I, I, I get that. I get the fact that he's not had a regular, you know, partnership um, on, on that side, and, and and that's not ideal. I understand that. But how does not having Shaka there anymore affect the fact that when he is on the ball, he's not beating his man? How does Shaka not being there anymore, there anymore affect his his crossing? How does Shaka not agree. being there affect his finishing, his decision making? I, I, I have some sympathy because it. You're right when you when you're you're not used to players on your side and it's changed every game. That, that's not ideal. But are we giving him a little bit of a pass there? Uh, no, I don't. Sorry, I don't because because it's a chain reaction. I think it starts with, it starts with, Martinelli started the season well, you know. Remember that little kind of like, yeah, remember that little like uh, drag yeah. back and back heel for Eddie's goal at Forest or whatever. I think at yeah. Everton, he made that run in behind when Vieira slot and he was offside slightly. Like, no, you're I right, had no you're problems right, you're with right. Martinelli pre-injury. Listen, he wasn't last season's Martinelli, yeah. but cool. But it's a chain reaction. It starts with, oh, the left-hand side isn't ticking, but Martinelli's still doing okay. Then then teams start to clock. Like, they're not combining down the left-hand side. He's not getting into dangerous areas. So let's commit to the man mark a little bit more. Let's get out across. And then it becomes, shit, I'm losing confidence here because everything I'm trying is not working. And then it's just a build-up. And then what you end up with is a guy who is dribbling down blind alleys because he's not sure what to do. He's giving the ball away because he's trying too hard. And I think it's all because... We fucked him with the changes we made tactically with the personnel we put around him. And I think it's just had this effect through the players. Zinchenko, has Zinchenko just become like a bad... I know he didn't play the last game, but has he become a bad passer? I know he came into this team and elevated us massively. Now, I know teams have figured us out to a degree and are tactically setting up in a way to stop us, but for the whole left-hand side to drop massively, I honestly blame... Arteta for what he's done to mix things up. And I know you've talked about that a lot, Turkish. And I also blame the fact that we don't have a left number eight. Xhaka, who last season was combining one-twos, was always there for a pass, was underlapping, was overlapping, was just doing everything. You know, Jesus was interchanged with Martinelli and we've lost all of it. All of it. And, and yeah, he has been poor. But I do think it's 
I think it's a chain reaction to what's happened from the start of the season. I, I agree with everything you said there. But, the, you know, I mean, let's not focus just on that because the right side has been just as poor. Yeah. Saka has not been at it this season. And, 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 and what do you mean? Can I just ask this question? It's been confirmed that Ben White has been playing for an injury. Who's told you that? Um, Sammy Mockbell and other reliable journalists. Reliable journalists. Can you ask them journalists, right, and whoever, if that is the case, then tell me why in a dead rubber over in Holland with 20 minutes to go when it doesn't matter whether you win or lose a game of football, you're putting him on. Don't tell me that he's injured. Because why are you putting him on in a game that does not matter whether you win it, lose it or draw it? It's a dead rubber. Why is he playing for an injury? And why is he coming on with 20 minutes to go when you've got a kid that can come on and play that position? I do not believe that. And I don't want to hear that because that is absolutely infuriating me about that. Because if you're injured, you don't go to Holland for a start because you get the treatment that you need. And two, you're rested. And three, you don't come on. I'm so wound up by that talk. He ain't playing well. Why is he not playing well? I've heard enough of people wanting to make excuses for poor play and trying to give the manager a pass. The reason he's not playing well is because of the tactics, because he cannot go overlapping because Saka's got chalk on his boots because he never comes out of that position. What he does is he goes inside, they lose it, and he hasn't been able to get on the overlap. Two or three times he gets on the overlap. I'm, I'm fed up with people trying to make hold excuses. On, hold on, Lee. Who, who, who are you mad at? Are you mad at Arteta for playing him if he's injured? Or are you mad at people saying he's injured? I am mad at people saying that he's injured and giving excuses why he's not it's playing not, well hold instead on, of but... saying to the manager, if you're fit or unfit, you don't play. I'm so, not in a dead rubber. I get if you're playing like a game's like... To, uh, you're struggling for injury. But when you've got a chance, when you've got a player that's injured, right, or not, or, or playing for injury, tell me the logical reason why you're taking him all the way to Holland, couldn't agree more. all the way to play uh, in a dead rubber. That's couldn't my argument. More. I couldn't, Lee, I'm so with you. But there's two sides, yeah? Either F the journalists, they're talking absolute nonsense, or what the hell is Arteta doing? I'm on the what is Arteta doing thing. Exactly. Firstly, firstly, I can see it with my eyes. And a lot of people kind of resisted what I was saying. I was at the West Ham game. Every time Ben White did anything remotely expansive in terms of a sprint or whatever, he didn't look right. He was wincing. He was sort of dragging himself. I I could see it. He didn't look 100%. Secondly, I can't remember what my second point was. He's not been informing. You're right. It sounds like we're making excuses for him. But I don't want to live in a world where... You know, I'm just going to question everything, every reliable journalist. It wasn't just him. It was another thing, John Cross as well. And listen, I'm not saying they don't get shit wrong. Of course they get shit wrong. I'm not saying the club don't maybe feed certain stuff. I'm sure they do. By the way, he's not playing bad. He's injured. Maybe. I'm sure there's some of that. But he doesn't look right. Now, Arteta's got form for this. He's played players at the end of seasons through injuries when they've not been 100% right. He's brought players back early. The other day, I went, me and me and Robbie were throwing blows at one another on a live stream because I kept saying he's playing Saka in a third game in a row when in the previous two, he'd come off injured and he played him again. And guess what he did? He came off injured. Like, 
you know, and everyone wants to tell me, I'm like, some guy on Twitter was trying to row with me. Like, yes, I'm no medical expert. I totally understand that. But it's common sense. If a guy's been coming off injured, maybe they need a little bit of time out of the team. And I don't understand why people just want to... What you're saying about making excuses, I think they're making excuses for Arteta and the medical staff. Yeah, I know that we don't know all the information. I know I'm no expert. But surely, if Ben White isn't right, you could take him out of the team. Surely, if Saka's repeatedly coming off the pitch injured, you, you get him out for a game or two, especially in the Champions League where it's a group stage. And we lost the game anyway. And guess what? We won all the others and we made up for it. I don't... I, I'm, okay. That is I'm, what I'm absolutely infuriated by. I'm with you 100%. Right? 100% what you're saying. But let, let's go back to that game, right? Yeah. You're playing a player out of position, right? Oh, oh, sorry, unf he's unfit. So that so that tells me that there's players at that club going like sitting in a, in a, in a tea room or, or, or walking into training yeah. games. You know what? What am I doing here? He's, he's playing him. He's not fit. I'm 100% fit and he's not playing me like, you know. And in that game, right, aren't you thinking like, do you know what? What happens if he does actually go down and, and be out for a few games? I've got to find someone that can play that position. So play that man in that position to see what he can do. It's just, it's just, you know, there's so many people wanting to make excuses for, for the manager. It is now beyond me. I, I, I you know... There's a, a, a oh you can't oh you can't commit you cannot have a go at uh, Arteta otherwise you're not Arsenal you're not proper Arsenal if you do that like you know what I mean like at the end of the day what has this man got over everybody that, that that's like this I'm I, I, listen I'm I'm with him I want him to do well and everything like that but at the end of the day I am not gonna he is I'm not putting him up there on a pedestal and saying that this man is fantastic and everything like that you know I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I've seen him come in this season. I've seen our style of play change. Oh, he's got to change the style of play. He's got to go. And we've got to all maintain these games. I'll get that. We control games now. We control games. Yeah, do we? Do we really control games? It Maybe it looked like we control games. We control games and we lose games. You know what I mean? He hasn't resolved what's happened with, 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 our, with our issues and all that. Like, can someone please tell me why? Ben White, completely nowhere near at the level he was last season. Maybe like, you know, he, he, he peaked. I don't know. Shinchenko, you know, you go into the front, front three, has not been as good there. Odegaard is nowhere near at the level of last season. Like, you know what I mean? I watched him very, very carefully on, on, on a game yeah. against Fulham. And, and I felt that his work rate is sensational. He's... Last and final born decision making in that game was poor. Well, where was he? Where, where, where is the? Well, you know, like last season, one of the things that I was really proud of and really, really impressed with was when when teams got the ball and we hunted it down and won the ball back and everything like that. Like you know, I don't see that no more, right? And then my final point before I get let anybody else talk, right, is yeah, I'm sitting here, right, and I'm watching Newcastle yesterday, right. And I'm looking on the timelines and things like that. Eddie Howe, oh, he's got to be under pressure, him, Eddie Howe. He's under pressure. He's the next one to go, Eddie Howe. Oh, I think he ain't going to last very, very long. I've even asked, I've seen Arsenal fans saying it like, you know, they totally overachieved last season fantastically well. But everybody else ain't giving him a pass. 
Yeah. But Mikel, who won the FA Cup with a team that weren't his and has got us to eighth and eighth and then like, got us into the Champions League, he's not under no pressure. Yeah, like you say that this man's under pressure. But the old Newcastle manager, Eddie yeah, he's, whoa, I'm telling you, he's on thin ice, oh, Eddie. Feels like a good time to let the listeners know we are nominated for an award. So please head to sportspodcastgroup.com where you can you can vote for us to win. Yeah. I want to hear Turkish thoughts. I've not heard Turkish thoughts on, on on where at the moment. I was trying to get away with not speaking for the for the hour or so. No, I want, I want, to, hear, I want to hear your thoughts. I'm, I'm really keen to hear what you think. Can I ask Fair you a question, you. Turkish? I'm not having Come a pop, but do you concede that Ben White might be a little bit injured? Or do you still think I'm not having it? Um yeah, I, I I lean more towards Lee's way of thinking that I'm I'm not having it um, because I'd argue you guys are being too kind to Mikel then because because even if even if there is a if there is a knock there, I come from an area where I expect players to 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 play through knocks. I and and when yeah, I watch him play, I know you I know you say that you've seen him wince and struggle a bit. I haven't necessarily seen that because I haven't been looking for that. But what I haven't liked about Ben White this year hasn't been something that I can link to not. What I haven't liked is tactically, like like, like Lee said, you know, Saka's got chalk on his boots. He hasn't got the space in to overlap like he did last year. None of that, none of my concerns with Ben White's position comes from me thinking he's got a knock or looking at him. It comes from the tactical setup. So you might yeah, be right, but that's you. why when the when the injury stuff comes in, I I think that makes excuses for Arteta as well in, in a different way. Yeah, I PR stuff. Yeah, his it, players it are injured and they're doing what they can. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I, I hate, I hate. It can work both ways. Lee said, um, uh, you know, I'll touching on the point that where I nearly you know cut in and spoke when he said, you know, people fans will turn around earlier this season saying we need to gain more control, and Lee said, I get it, I don't get it. I don't get it. All those fans earlier in the season that said this is happening because we need to get more control, because we need to dominate more games. We need to be able to see out. Why? We had a much better balance in the first 25, 30 games last season. People want to act like our defence was shit for the whole 38 games. It wasn't. We had the balance perfect for 25, 30 games. Our defence crumbled in the last eight. We were scoring goals. We was defensively solid. We was winning games away from home. All of those clean sheets came in the first 25, 30 games away from home. It was perfect. Yeah. It was the base that was meant to be built off of. Then the last eight games happens. And then, you know, there's two injuries in there where you can say, you know, it's unfortunate. And it was unfortunate. But why flip the whole thing up? I don't understand it. Last season, I think James said it a couple of times, maybe even the start of this season, where he looked at Arteta as a hybrid between Pep and Klopp. But at times, when you looked at Arsenal in the first 30 games last year, we could control. We got a defensive unit and the inverge, inverted fullback to, to overload the midfield that City tend to do. But we've also got the electricness in attack that Liverpool tend to do, the unpredictableness. We had a bit of both. This season, we're leaning heavily towards Pep Guardiola. I don't see any of that rock and roll, exciting Klopp stuff anymore. And he's done it with players that are not fit for purpose. You've done it with a forward line that are not clinical. You've decided yeah. to, to shore up everywhere else with a forward line that are not clinical. Jamie Carragher actually um, analysed us quite well recently in terms of the attack and the conversion rate, saying that, listen, all four attackers scored you know, a good number of goals, probably season best um, seasons, well, career best seasons for them. But their conversion rate wasn't, at the sweet spot, which is 20% plus. That conversion rate has dropped off this year. 
And you've also got this whole controlling side, side that doesn't really yield, yield the high quality chances that we was getting last season. Listen, Jesus, what's the difference between him and him in front of goal this season and last season? Saka Martinelli. Last season, we was free flowing. When you're free flowing, you got less time to think. When you got less time to think and you're a young player, you're a bit more unpredictable. You can play a bit more off the cuff. Free flowing mm -hmm. moves into the back of the net. When you're controlling, you're dominating, you have to think a bit more. When you're young, you ain't got the experience at the highest level. So really, you've you've nullified the best thing about a good young player is that whole unpredictableness, is that whole youthful exuberance that you give it to him, they might make something happen. It's too, it's it's very much overcoached now. And you brought Declan Rice in, who, listen, I want Declan Rice, I think he's a great player, but you just brought Declan Rice in instead of covering Partey's position because Partey's position is key to what you're trying to do now. You need a Thomas Partey in order to play, you need a Rodri in order to play these games. Mm -hmm. Why do you think Liverpool maybe haven't gone to a, whole, you know, mm -hmm. dominating style. They probably thought about it with Thiago coming in, but it never worked because they've never had the six to really be able to do mm -hmm. that. Fabinho, great yeah. six on his day, but he's not a, he's not a six that's going to, in a, in, a, in a controlling, dominating side with possession, going to unlock the, the defence. He's not going to unlock between the lines. He isn't that guy. We don't. We, we bought in Declan Rice, didn't cover our backs with Thomas Partey. Thomas Partey gets injured and we're wondering why Declan Rice can't break down the low block. I'm not looking at Declan Rice. He's had two of his poorest performances recently, but I'm not looking at him to create. Then I look at Jorginho. Well, Nene, you kept two people that you should have really got one. You should have got rid of one of those at least. At least. They're both passengers, essentially. They both give you the same thing. When you need them, they can help make things tick. Jorginho, obviously, at a higher level. Then you look at defensively. I mean, it was unfortunate with the Timber and Tomiyasu thing. That's the one thing, I mean, the, the Timber injury, sorry. That's the one, you know, injury that I look at and think, I think the plan was to play him instead of Zinchenko. But we started the season with Thomas Partey right back. We started the season with Ben White and Saliba, the centre-back pairing, when everyone was fit. So God knows what's in Mikel's head or what the original plan was. Because originally Havertz and Rice were midfield, Partey was right back. Gabriel was dropped to the bench. It was the injuries that kind of reset the lineup and brought us back yeah, to something right. we were a lot more familiar with. So I don't know what Mikel's planning. I think I think some of the praise over the last year might have got to him. I think it, you know I said in my fan cam he needs to look in the mirror, and that's exactly what he needs to do. You know, because I'm looking at the players individually and form wise, they're they're definitely not on form in comparison to last season. But I'm looking at the manager because this has come. As a unit, it's not just one or two players we're talking about. We can talk about seven, eight. And when it's mm -hmm. seven, eight, I'm sorry. I look at the manager. Less points, less goals scored, more goals conceded. None of it's making sense. And I'm going to touch in on Havertz again. Dead. That is a big reason why, in my opinion, he's left himself with his back against the wall. Because Havertz doesn't have the, 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 the quality to turn around and, and, and make this team click. And he also doesn't have the character in this sort of a side to stand up and be counted. We might get moments from him. And people might be wondering why I'm getting onto him now. I'm just using him as an example because we spent 65 million on him. We could have bought Madison and Kudus for about 10 million more. We could have bought Diaby and Madison for about 15 million more. We could have bought Kudus and Diaby for about 10 million more. We could have had a mix of Kudus, Diaby or Madison, two of the three for what we bought, what we spent on Havertz. And I'm sorry, that would have been much, much better. But, but Arteta's made these decisions. We, we said it just before we went live. I think it was James. 
Not many managers get 200 million on top of a title challenge inside. And that's what he mm -hmm. got. And I'm sorry, we're here now talking about is Eddie good enough? Fuck me. I was saying he wasn't good enough two years ago. We're, we're, we're sitting here wondering where Thomas Partey is going to come back the same player. Fucking hell. I love Thomas Partey, but I knew two years ago this guy's injury prone now, a year ago. Why are we talking about the same thing? Be better in both boxes, Mikel. You left us with Jesus and Eddie in one box. So it's cheeky yeah. for you to come out and say, be better in both boxes. You've left us with, with, with gunmen without guns. Especially well, when his system is about keeping our most potent players from last season outside the box. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, let's be better in both boxes. Can you hang out all the way where the linesman is, please? <laughs> and, and it's been a concern. I think both boxes, the reason why, although I tipped Arsenal to win the title, I've been concerned. Rare in one box. I mean, there was a there was a piece by Gary Neville about a month or so ago about whether he's good enough to win you a Premier League title. And I think it was a fair question. And the other box, you know, does Gabriel Jesus slash Eddie Nketiah, is that good enough to win you a title? Just a couple of things you mentioned there, which, which I try to agree with. First of all, the front three. Did you guys see Liverpool's first goal last night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As soon as they, as soon as they scored that, yeah. Go on. What are you gonna say? Go on. You know. You know. What I mean. I thought to myself, that is what I've been banging on about for the past two or three pods. The front, our front three individually are brilliant players, but they don't work together. And I watched that first Liverpool goal. And I thought that's the goal we scored last season. Yeah. We scored that goal last season. Yeah. It was it Diaz. Lovely bit of play over to Cut Nunes. Cuts it across. Salah. Yeah. Finish your dinner. That yeah. is what we were scoring last season. Where is that goal gone? Why is why are our front three not playing playing together? I think that is a massive reason why attacks broke down. And just five secondly on Partey, our fan base are weird, you know. I saw some of our fan base celebrating the fact that Thomas Partey isn't in the Ghana squad. I'm like, that's not a good thing. Thomas Partey not being at AFCON is not a good thing because A, Thomas Partey playing any games. I think benefits Arsenal Football Club, and if top, the Afcon is not that long from what I from what I'm aware of, I think it's like four weeks, maybe five weeks. So we're not losing him for that long, and there's an FA Cup game in there as well. Losing him? Have we got him? Well, well, well this is my point. If Ghana and Arsenal decided he's not even fit enough, he's one of their best players, and the comments can let me know if he's their best player. But if Ghana have decided that our best player, we can't take him to Afcon for a month, that says to me his injury is significantly longer than four weeks long. Because if they aren't gambling on him, he must be bad. So I've seen Arsenal fans celebrating and putting up screenshots about, oh yeah, great, he's not in the squad. I'm like, you idiots, we want him in the squad. I'd rather Thomas Partey was playing for Ghana and then came back and played for us than not playing any football at all. He's no good to anybody injured. So th this idea that him not going to AFCON is a good thing, I found that I found the celebration from our fan base weird. It was, it was, it was, it was. It was yeah, I agree with you. I was concerned yeah, by there's it. There's a winter break as well. So, like after this, there's a winter break of ten days, is it, or two weeks? So yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So uh, fan base been a couple of games. So I'm with you on this. So it looks like to me that he's he's out for longer than what. Uh, I would be very surprised if he's back before February now. If we're looking at that, because same, even if same. he's, yeah, even he'll if yeah, I'm not convinced. Yeah, even if he was like, right, say if he's like fit now to come back in. Wait, hold team. on. You're not medical experts. No, <laughs> I'm not a medical please, expert. Please, but I'm just please don't have it. No, you're not allowed an opinion. I won't allow I'm it. Not, I, 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 not I would rather see him out. 
even if he was like playing 20, 25 minutes, coming on as a substitute for Ghana in the next couple of weeks, you know, building up his fitness. Where's he going to get games to build up his fitness for us? Um, Jordan, I, I love you. You previewed something that we're going to mention on Tactical Insight. I promise I'm not ripping it. I, I did my notes last night. Yeah, um, I will give you credit. Um, we're going we're gonna to analyse the two goals Liverpool scored yesterday because they proved two points. Firstly, everything you said on that first one, Nunez is the widest. Salah's actually the central player. They've rotated and it's a narrow front three. They're all within the width of the penalty area and they're near to goal and they're able to make something happen. But look at that Gakpo goal. Where's Salah? Chalk on boots, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. the way on the touchline. Mm -hmm. So Mikel Arteta and anyone who's watching this going, oh, what, a couple of defeats and you want Mikel Arteta to throw everything out the window? No one's ever fucking said that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying mix it up. I'm saying ask different questions. I'm saying throw different things at the opposition. Yeah, Saka and Martinelli do great work on the touchline. It opens the pitch. It allows us to play. I hear it. But you've got to be able to throw different things at the opposition. You've got to be able to sometimes go, we've not asked many questions of the centre-back. Jesus is dropping in a little bit. How about we give them our two biggest goal threats right on them? to maybe hold the ball up, play someone into play. Even if nothing happens, at least you're making them work. We don't do anything like that ever. We don't ever see White sometimes overlaps. When is it the other way around? When is Inchenko going around the other way? Or it had to be Kivior in this game, unfortunately, which doesn't really fit brilliantly. Like, you got Ced was Cedric on the bench? I don't know. He might have been. I think yeah. he was, actually. You know, one thing Cedric's got such a decent cross on him. Why don't we get our front three in the box... Well, actually, believe it or not, Havertz did nothing all game. The one thing he can do is actually get on the end of the header. Why, if you're not going to try and make some changes, get Jesus up front, you want to give him a partner, take Eddie off and get a six-foot-four striker, which worked against Luton, by the way, and actually have them getting on the end of flick-ons or headers or something. I don't know. But he is so reluctant to mix him up, mix it up, and it's stubbornness. I honestly don't think this stuff isn't going through Mikel's head. I don't think Mikel's not going, oh, maybe I'll try. I think he just... He so badly, in my opinion, wants it to work this way. I think he so badly wants to stick by his principles. Who does that remind that... you of? Arson. That was Arson's downfall. But at least Arson, at least Arson done something before the downfall. Yeah. Like Arteta won't. Let me make this very clear. Mikel Arteta has forgotten three times the amount of football knowledge than I'll ever know. And, I, and I'll always acknowledge that. But managers can get things wrong. Even the very best can get things wrong. And sometimes football's a very simple game. If I watched Arsenal in two games in a row struggle to get a goal when they need it, it doesn't take a tactical genius who's done all his UA for coaching badges and managed at the top flight for 20 years to be able to say, try something different. Because I'll give you one thing that's a fact, right? Everything we tried when we weren't doing something different didn't work. So now I'm asking if you can throw something in the works. And then I'm watching Liverpool. And like I just mentioned, we're going to do on Tactical Insight, they were throwing different questions at Newcastle. They end up with an XG of six or something, 34 shots on goal, and a side that can be very stubborn and difficult to break down. They did it time and time again because they didn't know what to do with Liverpool. Now, Newcastle worse than Fulham and West Ham. They're a side that are hailed for their defensive resilience. Certainly last season, just went to Paris and got a draw. So I'm pleased. And I, and I think James is so kind. I think James is just briefly as well. I think it's important to know that what you're saying is different from a plan B. I hear a lot of fans saying we need a plan B. 
Yeah. I don't think we, I don't I don't believe in plan B's, just my opinion. I don't believe in plan B's. But what I do believe in is plan A, you can have flexibility within that. Mm. No one's saying rip it up and get a I hate this. We need a big man in the box to lump it inside. I, just that really annoys me. You don't we don't need that. We just need some intricate flexibility with the current plan A. And I think with what you've said there, and I will watch Tactical Insight to hear what you guys say. I don't think we have to massively, and I asked you guys in the last pod, should we rip up and start again? I don't think we need to do that. I just think we need to be open to the fact that with what we've got, we just need some variety within that. At the moment, we've been sussed out. We've been sussed out. We have been sussed out. And I don't think this is terminal. I, I don't think we're quite in the kind of category of the title's gone. I think I we're in the category of now of we're third favourites. I think that I think it's I think there's the evidence suggests we are third likely most to win this Premier League this season. We we can still win it, but I, but it's looking the evidence is showing us we have got the margins are fine now. I don't I think we've got one more defeat. I think I think we're allowed one more defeat between now and May. Personally, the margins are tight. It's not terminal, but it's looking like we're giving ourselves so little room now to win this title. It's, it's looking less likely than not. And just finally as well, regarding the, the transfer window, because I know whether today or in the next pod we'll discuss the, the, the transfers. I, I, I honestly, I still maintain a, a striker is needed. I get that. I don't think we'll do a lot of business in, in this window. I just, I don't think we'll do a lot of business. I, don't think we'll so I, I know Robbie will do his show and I know everyone will get excited about I, I personally don't think we'll do lots of business in this window. And if we do, I'll be stunned if it's a striker. I, if come Feb, February the 1st, we have a centre-forward in this club, I, I, I will be very surprised. And here's the thing. I actually don't think we should gamble on a striker in this window. I know some people will say, get Tony in, you know, break the bank, get the striker in. I actually would rather gamble and get the striker in the summer that the club really won than paying £90 million on a striker that they kind of want but don't really, really want. I think a midfielder is a number eight. I don't think we've got Douglas Louise. I don't think we'll get him. But I think an eight and solving that problem is is almost as important as a number this nine. This guy had an abundance of eights to buy for. And I'm listening. I, 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 I don't want to get disrespectful now, but he needs to focus on this season before we focus on what he needs to do next, before yeah, he, he doesn't even get next You had an abundance of eights and tens and, 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 and wingers that can invert to to work from this summer and you bought Havertz and, and also why also, should I trust you for, why should I trust you with money for another eight Jordan why why should fair, I trust you with money for a striker when you talk to me about being better in the box and you leave look at you know my last few streams have pissed me off because I keep on seeing to my left hand shoulder those two names and those two numbers yeah that's Emil Smith Rowe and Eddie Nketiah now and then I've got people commenting saying, "Oh, you're very, you're very harsh and critical of players like Smith Rowe and Eddie. What English players would you get instead of them? Are you tapped? Even Alise and Eze are taken instead of those two. But instead, you wanted to hold on. You wanted to do the PR. You wanted to give the big boy numbers because they're big boy numbers. No one should talk shit about numbers. Don't mean nothing. Right? He said it. Number eight meant everything to him. Yeah. So I don't want to hear no bullshit about these numbers. Don't mean nothing." These numbers mean everything. 14 especially, because 14 was made by Thierry. 10, it's gone round. 14 was made by Thierry. So good, you gave them this, these numbers, new contracts and all of that. Well, when the time to call upon them comes, like it was with Eddie last time out, 
Like it really, you know, it should it should have been. Look at these thumbs up. It should be with Emil Smith Rowe. You don't. You either don't call them or you call them and they fuck it. Yeah, I think so we before Smith I think Rowe, about next uh, summer, sort it this season. Emil Smith Rowe, Lee. I'll be honest. I wish. I I I I wish it worked that better for him. I yeah, and I think injuries have not helped him. I think injuries have not helped him. If it's I time to move on. on. But, he yeah. should never have got that number. He should never. Uh, injuries I, haven't helped him, but he should never have yeah, got that Yeah, the pressure that number. of that number. I, I look at that. I, I, listen, I, I, I watched Gibbs White's performance against Manchester United the other day. I've watched him quite a lot closely. In the vet. He, he is much, much better than Smith. He's another one, yeah. Someone that I would take a, a, a big punt on. Like, uh, If I was going to go for a midfield, I'd go for the Wolves midfielder, Levin in midfield. Much better than what we've got. And and, and But... Mikel, where what's happened to Jorginho over the last few games and all that? Like, right, this is my big one. Where, this is my big one. What, when you say about doing something different and just changing things a little bit, like, you know, I'm looking at that midfield. It's not working um, in low blocks. I'm not, you know, bring Jorginho in and just say to, to, to um, Rice, you go for it. You know, maybe you can break the lines by, by driving through people. I see him not even getting, getting a sniff. I, I see... El Nenny not getting it. And then people go, oh, we want a midfield player. I know we want to upgrade on that midfield, but if you're not going to play these players, <clears> I don't see what's the point of going buying other players. You know what I mean? If I'll be really honest, you know, we haven't had Thomas Party in there. All, and this is what worries me when people go, oh, we bring back Thomas Party. Where's Thomas Party going to play? Because right, if you're not prepared to play, if you're not prepared to play Jorginho in that role at the moment, where is he going to play? I couldn't I, agree I, more. I, I think you know, I on the Jorginho one. The Jorginho one's the really big one for me. It's the what because because he's I'm not saying he's the answer. So, Don't get me no, wrong. No, no, I know. But his use of him is so weird. Yeah, I want you for Stamford Bridge, I want you for Newcastle, I want you for Man City. Okay, well that's all well and good. Severe away, our biggest what seemed at the time the biggest game in the Champions League. Okay, cool. We've got good results in those games. Like, you know, okay, maybe not all of them, but you know. That number eight position, I know no one's claimed it, but my word is Rice looked the closest to claiming it, right? And there's a little bit of nice tactical flexibility because Rice can sit and the, the left back can bomb on a little bit. And you're watching, you're going, why is he so reluctant to use him? Why does he not Why does he not think, yeah, if we need to break a team down, maybe one of our best passes on the ball, Jorginho, might help us do that. And Rice can press up the pitch a little bit. I don't, I'm so confused. He... I said in my fan camp, Arteta has Eagle. done so well to actually convince us on certain players. Jorginho for 12 million, you know what? Decent bit of business. Fair enough. He's done all right. He's more than played his part for 12 million. Aaron Ramsdale surprised all of us. Now he doesn't want now now he's replaced one. He, we don't not see in the other. I think I think Turkish makes a really good point there, James. Sorry to cut you that about just Arteta's general um decision making in the market. And I, I don't think where I don't think that the time for the discussion around Arteta's future is 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 now, but I do think that and as you flagged, he's been backed, he has been backed, and I think he's made some good transfers. I think he's made some good. You just flagged two there that have worked out well. He's made some good decisions, but a lot of the the, the expensive ones probably bar Rice. There's questions there, and as Cass, who works on production here, you know, flagged before the show as well, the contract he's given out. I think Turkish, you've also spoken about those as well. There's some of those decisions, in fact, they're all they're on him. They are on him. One of the biggest gripes I think other fans have about their managers, and we maybe had about Unai Emery was the manager wasn't being backed. 
the manager was not being backed. Arteta, he's my guy. I rate him. I, I wanted him. I, I'll, I'll back him. But I'm not. I'm not blind to it. Like he's not my brethren. I don't. I'll call him out. He has got some 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 questions to answer. And Turkish makes a, asks a fair question. Why should we back him or or trust him? to buy another A or another striker when he's had a chance to get that right in the past? It's a, it's a fair question. It's a fair another question. Another goalkeeper, he's had about six goalkeepers. Goalkeepers, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and a, a, a point that was made to me yesterday, like, I went to a party on New, New Year's Eve, uh, and, and a fellow made a fantastic oh, yeah. point. I said, I'll bring it up, like, you know. Um, Martinez, two 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 goalkeepers. Martinez, the, the two things that, that have held... Arteta to this greatness and everything like and I'm going to be before I keep like, like he's banging it up Mikel Arteta M Mikel Arteta turned me around he, he convinced me he's the man so I'm, I'm I'm still in I'm not I don't want him gone and all that like no but but, but seriously we won the FA Cup and we won the and we got to the Champions League the two things that Mikel is lauded for right Martinez won him the FA Cup right what was his reward dumped Aaron Ramsdale got him to the top four. What was his reward? Dumped. You know what I mean? Like, these are the things that are starting to, you know, people say, oh, don't worry about that decision, all that. They do start affecting things and all that, like, you know what I mean? Like, players are in there, you know, why am I not getting games? You know, Smith Rowe will be saying, why, why am I not getting games? You know, Smith Rowe sat there and he's seen Vieira play in front of him. He's seen Havertz play in front of him. He's seen Trossard play in front of him. And none of them do the business. You know, uh, he's seen realistically, and I'm just I'm just using him, but you can use other players as, as a point. Cedric, I'm going to use now, as saying, like, you know, as we said, like, you know, all right, okay, Jesus has had one bad game. Eddie's done nothing to justify coming in. And, and, you know, I've watched Eddie in the last four or five games, and I've not seen one thing from him to turn around and say, you know, get him into the team, get him into the team. And if I am going to get him into the team, it's not at the expense of one of our better players. But there he comes back in the team again. He'll be out next week, by the way. He'll be out again next week, we'll like, you know. And 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 so these things keep continuing to 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 to, to add up. You know, um, when you look at it, like you know, I think it was thirty-five million pound on Vieira, mm -hmm. right? Where, where's he going to play, guys? Where's he going to play? Still don't know. You know, so why, if you're Smith Rowe, what's what's going to happen there? What is going to happen there? And people turn around. I've heard this thing about, oh, it's because they're English. It's got nothing to do with him being English. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, or, or, or foreign, whatever, like, you know. Fiera's at, at the back end of the fans fantastically well. Hasn't produced. Let's be honest. He's not produced. You know what I mean? Like, the Kai Havertz one, I'm, I'm still. Um, he's I, deadly. I, Trust me. Yeah, like I watched him. I watched him. In, I watched him in that game against Fulham, and I actually thought, "Well, what did you actually do? You done nothing. He done absolutely nothing. He didn't drive through. Didn't do nothing. The things that he has done, but he has done it in the last few weeks. I don't know why that 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 sort of performance come from him. Because if I was him, I'd be. He must have been like a peacock before the game because it. Uh, everybody has been saying, oh, we missed him against West Ham. Right, this is your time to shine. You know, really now on that uh, £65 million, whatever. Didn't do it. Didn't do it like, you know what I mean? like. And the one thing that I will put at Mikel's door this time, and I've never, never done it before for a very, very long time under him, is when I 
question the desire and hunger of my football players, my football team, outfought, outmuscled, outdone in every single department from Manchester City. Oh, uh, you know, oh no, 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 it wasn't Manchester City, it was Fulham. The last time I see us outclassed, outfought, outpaced, outdone in every single thing was at the Etihad last season. And I, I get that because they were a damn good side. I don't want to see it when we're going to Fulham and places like that. And last season, I can, I've got to make this point because I, I, I do want to stick up for Mikel, like, you know. We went to places like last season, Fulham away. Do you know what the score was against Fulham? And like three, three nil. nil. Mm-hmm. Away from us, blew them out, out, out of the water and chucked them on the Thames. It was a display of fantastic everything, like you know, with with Saliba. That was like Saliba's last game before he got injured, by the way. But though he was fantastic, Jesus come on in, in, you know, come back from injury that day. Fantastic, Eddie was playing up front and doing the line. Crossar played that day, if you remember rightly. Uh, and I've come out of grounds. Tottenham Hotspur away, purring at, at, at our players because of the manager, purring at Villa Park when we played there, purring, even though we didn't win the game. Look at that performance against Liverpool. Uh, it, it was fantastic to watch. I'm not enjoying watching Arsenal so much this season. I'll be really honest. I, I've, I've been saying it all season. I've been, I've, been, I've been so great. They've not been that... Go back to as it was last season, like, you know what I mean? Like, rip, rip, whatever you're thinking about doing, it ain't the end of the world. It's not a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a, a, a black mark on your, on you if you go back to what you, what you were successful with. Do you know what? I'd be more of admiration for him if he goes, do you know what? This ain't work this season. I'm going back to what it was last season and go. And Turkish makes the fantastic point and all that. With all of that free flying football last season, entertainment, Right, we had clean sheets at Fulham, clean sheets at Crystal Palace, clean sheets at, at, at Tottenham Hotspur. There were, you know, what I mean, come on, go okay. back to where it was, Mikel. Rip it up and go back to where you was again, like, and get us back. Because at the end of the day, last season, we was fantastic. It was great to watch and all that, like, you know. And I tell you what, if we played like we did that last season, we'd win this league this year. He really fucked up because he did. Listen, for all the laughable comparisons early on to Klopp, and they were laughable. Um, last season, I think what what culminated, you know, across the years prior to that, last season, it felt like the the football and the fans and and the club and everything was very much aligned, and it was on the trajectory that you know Liverpool and Klopp were on in terms of the exciting football, the unpredictable, you know, football that's going to yield major trophies, and then he's kind of taken the life out of it with the move he's made tactically and he's taken the in my opinion we've talked about the fans this season as well and fans have been questioned part of the reason the fans haven't been the same is because the football is not the same and i said the football doesn't have to be great if it wins you major trophies i, I stand by that i don't care how you win it as long as you win it if you don't win it and you've sacrificed good football for it and you're still you know somewhat away further away even then big big questions must be asked I don't know why people will shy away from that. This fan base has a lot of little shits and big twats that want to come out to the defense of everything and 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 act like you can't you can't you know say what you really think because you're not a real fan or you're not proper Arsenal or you're not like get the fuck out of here. I don't give a shit if you think I'm proper Arsenal or not. I really don't. At the end of the day, it's it's four years under Mikel, and they're 
will be questions asked if we don't challenge again this year. I'm, I'm saying it now. You got quite I've, the way with the words. I'll say we've got we've got we got to make a podcast out what is proper Arsenal because I, I I've been going to Arsenal for for a, for a very long while. I don't know what proper Arsenal is, but do you know what? what and when they say it, Lee, when they wait, sorry, but when they say it, yeah, they say it like they've they've really got you like you're not proper Arsenal, and I'm just like, all right, mate. Fuck it, I don't, I don't really give a shit. What you? I, think I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'd like someone to define me what proper Arsenal is. It's a quite funny thing. Like, are Liverpool better than Arsenal at this moment in time? Are they better? Are, are they better? You know, yeah. I, I look at it like last season we was like I, that, so much better than them. How much money have they spent more than us to get to where they have? Like, is that football they? funny? Is it football funny today? Right now, I'd be an idiot not to say Liverpool aren't better than us. We've lost two in a row, and they've blown Newcastle away. They're top of the league, but. For, you know, go back a week where we just drew at Anfield. Exactly. That. I was very convinced. We've just proven that we are a level ahead. We went to Anfield. We handled it. That's we my point. The draw. We were top of the league. They couldn't beat Man United the week before. They got they still conceded two goals and nearly a third against Newcastle. You know, so they're not perfect. And you're right. right. If we were last season's team. We're we're top of the league here, but we're not last season's team. And more crucially, they're not last season's team. And look what they're doing. But And this is why football can change really, really quickly. These weren't two really difficult games coming up with all due respect to the sides. And it's like, oh, we've lost two and they were awkward. You know, we really thought this was going to be the start of a little run. So football can change really quickly. But it's not just going to happen. It's not just going to miraculously kind of go your way, Mikel. He's going to have to tweak something. He's going to have to change something because this isn't two bad games. This isn't even, you know, five or six where we've not looked at it. All season, we've not been last season's team. And I've tried to understand why. I've tried to look at the bigger picture. And you know what? When we were one defeat in 13 or something, one defeat in 12, I thought, okay, maybe I can see it. Maybe I can see, however, 38, that's going to be three defeats and maybe we will have accumulated the points. But the evidence is that's not going to happen. We've lost two games now that when we needed to find the goals, we couldn't do it. Because the we're team. not last season's attacking outfit. Things can you, change. They can. The, the, the only time I can think of, and you guys can no. correct me here, but, I could think is when is a team that's had a, a, you know, an indifferent, not great start to the first half of the season and won the title was Chelsea under Conte. Because ironically, the game where we smashed them, actually, where they changed their system and he made tweaks and they won, that was like, won the title. But that was in like September we did that to them. Yeah. Oh, was it? Was it a lot earlier? It was, yeah, and and then and they still ended up with thirty wins in thirty. What was? Yeah, we've already dropped. We we have to win every single game between now and the end of the season to end up on thirty wins. Yeah. Well, what my my thing about Klopp is what? What has he? What has he done? No, but it's a good point because he he was doing sorry because he was doing something tactically. And then he completely flipped it. He went, fuck this, back three wing backs. It's a good example. He just yeah. cocked it much earlier. <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying about Liverpool going back to Liverpool, because I, I think that we, we, we should go down the Liverpool route more than Man City route, like, you know what I mean, of playing. I, I really do, because uh-huh. I, I look at Liverpool and I look at Man City. I look at Man, we haven't got a Haaland. We haven't got that sort of player. So forget about playing like Man City with defenders playing at left-backs and all that. I like to look at what Klopp does and how he's gone about it. And he's gone about it and challenged Pep over the last three or four seasons with the same sort of players that we've got. What has he done differently 
when when he came fifth last season, completely out of it to what he's done this season. He's bought bought midfield players and gone back to Harry Harry. He hasn't done anything different. He's just bought in the players. He, he, he had the players there last season. They couldn't do what he's done. And I just think that somewhere along the line, that's what Arteta's got to do. Is is you know, is replace like for like. And I don't well, think he's done that. He, he's but where Klopp's so clever is he's done what we're asking Arteta to do. He's just he's tweaked it. So Trent does invert a little bit more now. He's recognised that Trent's brilliant on the ball, so we'll get him inside a little bit. But it's not drastically changing what the front three have to do. They are a little bit wider, but like we just said, look at that first goal, very narrow, all near to goal. The the midfield three, the heartbeat of this team, it's the same. It's legs, it's energy, it's overwhelming you, it's being fitter, faster, wanting it more. And you're right. Whereas we have compromised on on that. What 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 does Havertz do similarly to Xhaka? Um, that's coming out on tactical insight, by the way. Like comparisons, numbers wise, they're very different. One's a shadow striker, expected to kind of basically get on the end of things. Xhaka was involved in every phase of our football, mm. and Arteta's wanted to completely reinvent what he does with that position. Erdegaard last season was our highest midfielder. He's not now. Now he's basically alongside Rice, expected to be in it. And by the way, I think he is more suited to the eight. But <clears> I'm talking about Arteta flipping things so drastically. What, a few months on from what was nearly a great, great, great season? He got, he got lost in the source, man. He got lost in the source. I'm starting to think that too, you know. If he doesn't Started come out of it, if he doesn't come out of it, he's going to drown because it's, you know, I think you, you who asked it, Lee, earlier about the Jorginho thing. Well, why? Why has he turned away from that? I'm not Jorginho's biggest fan, but don't you think that goal against Brentford and then the whole arm round him, this man here, that was more this man here than it was this man here. Yeah. Hmm. And after that, we're seeing him You're pick right. up more, you know, Bro, you fucked up with that one. You can do all of this all you want. Yeah, you fucked up. So you, you know, you think on your toes because we ain't got the money anymore to fix it. And and you know, we're, we're halfway through the season in a transfer window where none of us really think it's not like the last two where Vlahovic might be linked or Mudrik might be linked. This one we pretty much know it's kind of like the Emery one where Emery come out and said, "Listen, lads, we ain't got nothing to to spend here, so it's going to be a loan at best." And those never really worked that well for us. Listen, two losses on the bounce, one win in five. The league standings don't look great. And we've got a little tie against Liverpool, top of the league, in form Liverpool this Sunday. I mean, how big is that fixture now? I don't want to say has it taken on more, you know, has it taken on more meaning? Because for me, our performances in the last few years in the FA Cup means this one has taken on a lot more meaning anyway. But with the recent form... If you couple it up with going out of the FA Cup in the third round, albeit to Liverpool, because I don't give a shit if it's Liverpool. You know, years ago, I might have held my hand up and said, all right, it's Liverpool. I'm not saying that anymore. We go out to Liverpool now on top of the league form. It, 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 it's, it's not looking good at all, I'll tell you that, because that Porto game, we're lucky that's in March, because at least we've got time to build up our you know confidence again. But, you know, two, three weeks, four weeks, we might be out of a, out of a league title might be out of the FA Cup and Champions League is all we got. So things, as much as we just said things can change real quick, they can also compound real quick and become a bigger problem. So, Can I, can I just go first just briefly? I mean, I'll flip your question slightly and like look at it from a Liverpool perspective that, that brings Arsenal into this. I wonder if you're Liverpool, you might look at, because you're away in this tie, you might look at this and think getting beat 
actually isn't the worst thing and actually in the long haul could hurt Arsenal more than it hurts us. So what I'm thinking here is Liverpool being out that if you lose in a cup tie and you're the away team, it's not quite as embarrassing as if you're the home team, right? It's not great. No one wants to lose a cup tie, but it's not as embarrassing. Liverpool have got a long run in the Europa League, which they, they're favourites to win. They're in a title race as well. Do they really need an FA Cup? And I just wonder if they may think it's better keeping Arsenal tied up in a Champions League, FA Cup, supposed title running for them if they come out of that and just focus on the league and, and Europa League. I, I just wonder if... I'm not saying they would, they would try to lose the match, but I just wonder if their point of view, it may be, to quote our... Our, our, our good pal Robbie Lyle here, a blessing in disguise, if they come out of that and just say, we don't need the FA Cup, you guys stay in that, that will keep you tied up for the next however many weeks. From an Arsenal perspective, I, I, I want to win it. I think we should win it. Um, and I think we should go as strong as we can. I know we've got injuries, but I, I, I think if we mm. lose this cup tie, I genuinely feel our season could implode. I think, I, and I, I think then we're talking about what does a good season look like? Because you're not going to win any, any domestic cups. You've only got the Champions League really to go for, which won't be easy. I, I think the conversation then shifts to, we're not going to win the league anymore, rather domestic cups. What does a successful season look like? And Turkish, you've kind of inter- you've, you kind of mentioned it briefly earlier on. The bare minimum this year had to be a title challenge, right? From, and and that's, that's, not, that's not changed for me. The bare minimum. I can forgive Arsenal winning the title. What I can't forgive is not pushing City again as far, you know, all the way. And I think if you don't have the FA Cup as some kind of, not concession, some kind of consolation. It's success. Winning the FA Cup is success. I don't think a successful season if you win the FA Cup and you finish third. Listen, Jordan, you've just... That is why Arsenal... We'll never win nothing, and our fans will never ever be successful. Why? Attitude that you've just said. What did oh, I just say? We're in Liverpool. We might want to lose this game. They are. They are in the Europa League. They're yeah. in the semi-finals of the League Cup. They yeah. don't care about games. They care about winning trophies. The mentality of it is win, win, win. Don't care. So what, what trophy would you rather win? The, the Europa League or the FA Cup? They will win. It doesn't matter. We win what we win. We go game to game. They will come to Emirates and will want to win that game of football. Like, I, I, mean, said that. Of, I said that. I said that. But I, well, I, I said that. But what I said was, if they lost, I don't think they would see it as a big problem. Whereas if we lose, that's a big problem. That's my point. Why is, it, why, why is it a big problem? Why is it a big problem? Because we've gone out of the League Cup on, on a wimp already. Because Liverpool have got two them. big trophies that they yeah. could arguably win. We, well, so we then become we third famous in the league. We went out on the limb against West, West Ham. Well, I want to win that. Throwing away trophies. Like, no, 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 no. Let me be clear. I'm not saying we should throw cups away. I wanted the League Cup. I want to win the oh, league. I I but, it, but there is that attitude. Oh, like, well, it don't really matter if I've heard, I, I'm going to be along with. It. I've heard people turn around, and go, oh, "Liverpool won't play. Uh, we, we beat Liverpool because they won't come there with a strong side because they've got two. You know, they're in this and they're in that. Like, I don't believe that. Liverpool, like when a couple of seasons ago, in all four trophies, ended up winning 
two and everybody was, oh, like, you know, because they didn't win the, the big two and all that. They're, they're, you've got no, to be... This you want to win, you win all the cups. You want to win all the cups. I'm, I'm not saying you don't... I don't want to win all the cups. I'm saying... I'm making the point, If from Liverpool's perspective, if they were to lose to us, I don't think they would see that as a problem. I, I, I do. I do, because we've got, we got them in, in, in a couple of weeks' time. I, I think Klopp's mentality is, look, they're down at the moment. Let's make, make sure that they stay down. We go there and beat them. And That's then pre-match. We go and That's beat pre-match. Them. I'm talking yeah, post-match. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, 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 what? So you go out of the FA Cup and you, you, you think, oh, well, that's all right. I've no, no, I never that said that. that. I never said that. that. Against, we've done that against West Ham and look at us that. now. No, no, Lee, Lee, Lee. you're conflating conflating two things. You're conflating two things. You're conflating two things. I understand where the confusion's coming, yeah. You're conflating two things. I'm not saying, as a big club, we shouldn't be going for every trophy. I wanted the League Cup. I want to win the FA Cup. I'm making the point that looking at the bigger picture, if Liverpool were to lose, I don't think Klopp, if you got him one-on-one, would be that pissed. I just don't. Because I think people see it... God. Basically, the pressure's more on us. One hundred percent. That's the, that's what I'm saying. If we lose, it's a problem. If they lose, I don't think it's a big problem. So they may come with a strong squad. Or I don't know what squad they will come with. They may come with their first eleven. They probably will because they want to win it. I'm just saying, I, if they I, were I to lose it, because I'm I'm pretty sure somewhere down the line, Mikel will will play a weekend team. If we beat Liverpool, we we play a weekend team somewhere else and all that. I I don't think. The priority for Arsenal is the two domestic camps. That's my my, my way of so, thinking. Well, this is and so I actually I actually totally got where you were coming from, Jordan. But the one thing I disagreed with was that line on you know third in an FA Cup is sort of, you know it's sort of a consolation. Look, I mean, obviously it's all context, right? If if it's third, but we were nowhere near the title, we're talking more than ten points off, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you both enjoy the success of winning a trophy, whilst going, "What the hell went wrong in the the league campaign?" And two things can kind of be true. I think if you finished third, but you were genuinely kind of chasing Liverpool and City, you weren't that far off them. You've come away with the FA Cup. For me, that's a good that's a good season winning trophy. It, it, it's about winning trophies now. Like we need to be lifting silverware. This group of players have come a long way. Mm. You know, year on year, we spend money added to this group, and they've got to be they've got to be lifting trophies. The FA Cup for me is of utmost importance. And yeah, okay, in the world of ranking, sure, Champions League and Premier League are just that bit above. But I really, really want to win FA Cup. We've got such great history in it. It feels like our trophy. It's this squad just like. That this of your club is the DNA of your club winning at Wembley, lifting track. Like, you know, all those years we were in the mud, right? All those years, but we lifted three FA Cups in four years. Like those those years, as bad as they got at times, I look on fairly fondly because we lifted silverware. And I'm not saying they were great years in our history, but my word, do we have great moments? Beating Conte, Antonio Conte's Chelsea at Wembley, Pep Guardiola City, albeit it was his first season. Like, and even when Arteta did it not that long ago, like we were crap that season. We finished eighth. But you know when people go, yeah, he won the FA Cup, but he finished eighth. I'm like, that doesn't sound as much of that's not as banterous as you think it is. Like, we were that bad and we won the FA Cup. Like, you know, like for me, it matters. I I want us to go full strength. And unless we're quite literally playing a League One side at home, I expect us to go 
basically full strength all those games. And they've now got January to address whatever it is they need in the squad to make sure we've got the depth to do it. Arteta, every single window going into it, there's always that line at one point where he says, um, yeah, we're a bit short. Or, or, or we've had more than enough windows to ensure we're not short at this point. So I don't know what has to be done. And yeah, I understand FFP, and now I'm not looking at the Cronkies. I think they've done their bit. But they've got to find some solutions to beef up that squad if that's what he thinks he needs. Because I'm, I'm just not going to have excuses for us going out of the cup competition early again. Yeah, Liverpool, by the way, are in the same uh, thing as us, aren't they? What? Um, same winter break as us. So they're going to oh, have yeah. uh, two weeks off as well. So they're going to go strong as well. They're, they're going to go strong in that game. Yeah. So. No Salah. Yeah. No Salah, yeah. Yeah, um, which should be, we should be, we should be big, but we'll see whether we can take advantage of that. Let's move on to the, the prediction side of things. Let me bring the table up. Uh, let me find it here. Where are we? By the way, which is a joke. By the way, like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we're, we're, we're in discussions after that quiz. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't see that clip the other day. Like, you know, you blatantly cheated in that game. I said it at the time. And 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 we, I've had two points deducted from that, like, and I, I think it's an absolute joke. Of a, it's, called un, it's called unfair play. You meant to, you meant to. You're, still, you're still going on about that. Yeah, yeah unfair, unfair play, which I didn't know was the game, by the way, uh, because um, and, and also when it, when it's unfair, uh, I was told that um, yeah, if you you can get away with cheating, if you if you. If you can get away with it, well, when when the um, the host is consistently looking at you and and, and not um, not doing anything <laughs> to, to to two of you, like production man Ryan, not even um, pulling it up, like you know what I mean, as well, even though that he's filming it, is an absolute joke of a thing, like you know what I mean. It's supposed to be getting away with it, like you know what I mean. So if someone sees you doing something, they should be pulled up on it. That's not the game. Uh, oh, oh, look, I'll tell you what I'll do. Ryan, I love Ryan. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I can see him doing it. I, I won't tell no one. I'll just film it. I'll just film it. Right. <laughs> 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 now, just, just, to, just to, you know, since you, you've made some wild accusations um, that I've cheated, I just want to I just want to make it clear. I didn't cheat. I put myself in a position to cheat. <laughs> it, it was not necessary for me to cheat. So the position I was in to cheat, I didn't follow through because it wasn't necessary. So I'll be honest, I put myself... Like, no, nah, baby, baby, no, no. I didn't, I didn't have sex with her. She sat on me. She was naked. <laughs> really naked. She tried to kiss me, but I, I swerved her. I didn't cheat, but she was naked on top of my... Life. No, 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 baby, honestly, I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. What is this? I, I just put myself in a position cheat. Yeah! <laughs> I was in the room... Yeah, I was in the room, but I don't know what happened. I was I there. Know. I was definitely there, but I didn't cheat. <laughs> Look, Lee's so shocked he hasn't even said a word. Wow, oh, <laughs> this, this is a new low Turkish. This is a new low. Man has no shame. This is actually saying like the man has no shame, right? Um, and. Uh, position my mum said, like, you know, she's I'm gonna be like, sorry, Lee. Sorry, Lee. I'm gonna be like, that's just really deep. What he just said, 
I didn't cheat, but I put myself in a position to cheat. I did, though. That's, that's the I'm truth. done. I'm done. Listen, this is what we're dealing with. This is the sort of like, what we're dealing with, like, you know what I mean, right? Now, listen, my mum watched it. And she said, I understand it. She actually understands it, a Turkish. She can let him have a pass. She feels like, yeah, he's a scumbag. Let him go. In and everything like that. Like, she is more disappointed with James. She said, I never thought he would be like that. Like, you know what I mean? I, said, I, I said, did, I did put myself in a position to cheat, though. And James, the worst, the worst thing, James, is that Turkish, that's a defence. He said, he said, he said, he picks that up the Hold on, hold on. You see, when you're going for an exam, yeah, you might bring some notes, yeah. You might, you might write some notes on your wrist, yeah. Never. Oh, that, that, that's putting myself Never in a me. position to cheat. But when I open the exam book, if I open the exam and the questions are right here, I don't need to look at my wrist. So I've put myself in a position to cheat, but I haven't cheated. <laughs> Well, I'm never playing golf with you, like because you have more balls in your fucking pocket than anybody else, won't you? Like, you know what I, mean? like, yeah. I, I don't. Like, just, have, why, why have you got? Why have you got fifteen balls? <laughs> if I lose one, I can use it with this one and pretend. Absolute. Don't ever trust this man on it's anything. Embarrassing. Like, you know, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I have a game of cards, and I'll tell you what I do. I'll put, I'll put the two aces up my sleeve, because you never know. I might need them. <laughs> what a rematch. What a rematch. Rematch. I wouldn't All mind, right, but well. James, James is there going, yeah, yeah, put them up your sleeve. Put it up. But I'm a good boy. Oh, no, 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 put them up your sleeve. The issue with me is, I, I, I said the 15-point, you know, was, was farcical. I don't know what your problem with me is. I've been very fair. <laughs> Guilty by association, James. Yeah, I've been I've been Sorry. more than understanding of your situation as I sit top of the league. We want a we want a rematch, <laughs> and we want our points back until that rematch. Is that fair? Hey, hey. Hey, no. hey. What? You're not getting your points back? No way. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not agreeing to that. I mean, I was. Oh, 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 you see, you see. Like, no, no, I said. I sympathise, but that's some straight bullshit there. So no, <laughs> straight bullshit, straight bullshit. Man tried to get his points back after we won fair and square because I put myself in a. Position. Really didn't. That's the worst I thing. didn't cheat. <laughs> I didn't cheat. Oh, that's the key. Man. The wording is key here, people. The wow. wording is key. But the league table remains the same because no one predicted a Fulham win. James top two correct scores, twenty three points. I'm in second, two correct scores, twenty one points. Please, Lee's in third, three correct scores, nineteen points. Jordan. Last one correct score, 17 points. And here we are. James still laughing about the position to cheat. It's the truth, my brother. But go ahead and kick us off with predictions. New New Year, new Turkish. Bollocks. <laughs> Look, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm gonna predict Arsenal to win. Um it this route this is this is a total hopium prediction. Um two one Arsenal. Because I'm going to really lose it if we don't go through. And let me just say, a draw and a trip to Anfield, I'm not up for either. That messes up with the whole winter break that I think we actually kind of need. That Ooh. is... And are we winning at Anfield? Probably not. So I'm, I, I, that's almost a worse situation. Mm. Like, I'd rather we lose at the Emirates than lose at Anfield. But obviously, I'd rather, if we draw at the Emirates, we win at Anfield. I'm not saying I want us to go out. I'm just saying that is long if we have to play this replay. So, I'm going to say 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. 
Yeah, right. And and to be honest, I'd in on the list I did have whether the when winter break is welcome, but I thought to myself, let's talk about that after Liverpool when we know whether we're through in the FA Cup or not as well. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, two one Arsenal. I'm gonna go one one, but I completely agree with you on I don't want to replay here, if I'm honest with you, but I also don't want to go out, so I'll take a replay to go in out. But our chances at Anfield, the form we're on, yeah, um, not looking good. Lee? Yeah, I don't want to replay because I won't be here for it. Like, you know what I mean? So that's just, you know, just thinking of myself. So, uh, <laughs> good on you. Yeah. Might be better off not being here for it. No, no, you know what I mean? I, 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 I think it'd be uh, done in one. So, uh, Oh, and all, oh, sorry, by the way, if we do get a replay, Turkish, me and you are going here. Yeah. Every time Robbie and Cecil set foot in that ground, it all goes to shit. We're going, they can host the watch along, and we can hope for some different luck on the old. We can see if the universe does something a little bit different with that. Yeah, I hope it's, I hope my fortunes have changed over there too, but we'll give it a go. I've no, never been. Well, you, no. like, um, Listen, well, you ain't going this time because we're not going to get a draw. We're going to win. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so... Uh, I, I, I think it, I, I, I'm with you, James. I've got no idea why I think Arsenal win this. The only reason I think they might win is because we're at home, and, yeah. uh, and, and maybe Liverpool are quite happy to go out of the FA Cup. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so. <laughs> How dare you say that, Lee? How dare you say But I, you know, I'm going you know, Jordan's made me think that maybe Klopp will uh, play all his reserves because he's not really bothered about this one, like you know what I mean. So I'm going six nil because he's not bothered about it. <laughs> yeah. right, still, all right, perfect. Lock that uh, in. Six, no, I'm going to I'm, I'm go two nil. I'm backing my man Ramsdale in goal. He's coming back for this one. He's uh, not starting. Nil the Arsenal. He won't start. I, I've got a feeling he won't start as well. Right, we'll go full, full strength. Ryer in goal. If yeah, that, I think he will. Well, there you go. Jordan, um, James has gone 2 1. I've gone 1 1. Lee's gone 2 0. Wow. I, I literally can't, I can't call this. This is a really hard one to call. Um, because I can't call it, I, I, I'm going for a Liverpool win. I'm going for a Liverpool win 2 1. 2 1. But I, I, I can literally see all three results happening. It wouldn't yeah. shock me if this is 1 1. It wouldn't shock me if he won 2 0. And because I just think I need a different scoreline to you guys, I'm going to go for an Arsenal defeat. <laughs> Two one. So round off the predictions. Lee and James have both gone for Arsenal wins. James has gone two one. Lee's gone two nil. I've gone for a one one draw, and Jordan's gone for a two one Liverpool win. We'll obviously be back after that one. It will be winter break, but we will discuss the fallout from the FA Cup tie. So make sure you're here. Subscribe. Notification bell on. That'll be some point next week, Monday, Tuesday. Look out for that. And there's a hell of a lot of content and, and you know bits and bobs coming out between now and then. So make sure you're here. Um, as always, customary, we end with comments of the day. Everyone good to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, mine aren't that. Uh, I mean, and they're, they're not they're good comments, they're nice comments. I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm coming with some super comedic one to end the show on. So just want to get this from Dan Levers, who I just thought was spot on. He says, Can we just say how incredibly patient Jordan was before saying his piece, 30-odd minutes. I didn't realise, you know. I, th- I actually didn't realise it was that long. <laughs> 30 minutes before. I, I think Tash had a similar thing today. Um, so that's probably... That's 30 minutes to the spot. <laughs> yeah, the season. That might be a me and Lee Judge's problem. We might have to sit down, Lee. Yeah, we might um, have to shut up. Sit down, shut yeah, up. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but Ryan Wilson always, also says, hearing uh, you boys talk about it really cheered me up about the results. Sometimes you just need to hear it how it is. Big up all four of you. I 
am one who personally struggles to watch Arsenal content if we've done badly. Yeah, I just, I, I, I almost need to take myself out of it. But we do it because it's very cathartic for us on this podcast. And if other people are getting that as well from it, I mean, you're all still watching, you're all still engaging with it. So thank you all, because it's not, this isn't a podcast that's dependent on how Arsenal are doing one way or the other. Um, we have an amazing audience that are really committed to this and I, we really appreciate it. And if in the good times you celebrate with us and in the bad times you come away with something from it, um, that means a lot to us. I don't think we always say that a lot. So yeah, thanks for the comment and appreciate that a lot. Yeah, my comment is one that, you, you know, usually I pick out funny ones, but I don't think there's nothing funny at the moment considering the form we're on. So I picked out one I I agree with at this moment in time. It's from Bigger Q. And it says, I personally think we're done this season. We are nowhere near the levels we were last season. Arteta has changed the way we play and it's not working. We won't win anything and it lays firmly at his door. It's deja vu all over again. Now, listen, I said I agreed with it. Because I do, that's how I feel right now. But it's not over. We still can turn it around and a couple of weeks can change everything because a couple of weeks ago I did believe a bit more than I do now. So big up, bigger cue for that comment. And hopefully Quickly, it does though, change. You, you didn't you didn't read a positive, like sort of like really funny one. Did you put yourself in a position to read a funny one? <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I've got a couple of funny ones there, I, but I thought to myself, let's go with this one here. So I didn't, you know, I, I put you got to put yourself in a position to cover all angles. Yeah, oh yeah, you put yourself nice. in a position, all right. Don't worry, man. Invincibles, I'll teach you, James, man. I'll teach you. Don't worry. <clears> about <throat> that. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, I, I'll go next. Um, I, I've, I found one here from um, Mignon two six one two. I don't know if it's a um a poem or a bit of a soliloquy, but he's written or she. My love for you for is forever. My judge is Lee. My joy is Jordan. My beard is from Turkish. My stats, calmness, politeness is James. Forever I am in love. Forever this is forever is this podcast. Happy James, Turkish, Lee, Jordan, New Year. Not forgetting she who knows Arsenal. Jess is getting a lot of love on, on the comments um, recently. Uh, Happy New Year, Forever Arsenal podcast. And I thought oh, that was a, a, a nice little poem written by... Yeah, that um, was lovely. I did see that. Commenting. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year to everybody. What did I get? Calmness, politeness and stats. And Turkish got beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like just the beard, you know. Is what it is. And cheat. <laughs> i got this one here. Like, I, I, I can't pronounce it. What, what, Wasting Taj or something like, you know, uh, 3228. Sorry, but there you go. Yourself, yeah, now we know that no matter which position Turkish finishes in the league table, he cannot possibly win because he's not in the good books of Lee Judges' his mum. <laughs> and that's what matters. That's, that's what, what matters. If I take it home, I'm going to be like, Lee's mum, what are you saying now? With the blue shirt, Lexi, what are you saying now? <laughs> so, I'll tell you what, right? This is no word of a lot. Mark. My mum reckons she's a bit of a witch and she's put a curse on you. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, she, hey, listen. Jimmy, you're you're not in a good book, so I ain't in the now. next couple of weeks or something. You lot better contact Mr. Lee Judges and find out what kind of curse we've got on me because I'm scared to step out of my house now. It's all murder. I'll tell you what, I'm going to walk past, you know what I mean, walk past the uh, studio and like, the Turkish, you know, got, I've got a flat tile there. Well, there you go. What you're wishing on me is crazy no no i'm just saying like you know he's just <laughs> just remember this remember this things are going 
Because you're all doomed. You're doomed. <laughs> oh, you know what? Sorry. Speaking of forces, I've just said I've done my first good deed of 2024. So briefly, last night, walked to Sainsbury's uh, on, the, on the corner of where I live. I heard the beeping noise. You know the beeping noise when the money comes out of a cash machine uh, of the lip? So I heard the beeping noise. I've turned the corner and I've seen 40 quid in the lip of the of the cash machine. Um, I looked around. thought it was a prank at first. Looked around. No one's around. Took the money out the out the lip. Went into Sainsbury's. Found the gentleman that worked in Sainsbury's. Said, "Excuse me, someone has used a cash machine. They've taken out some money, but they've forgotten. They've forgotten it. Maybe leave this under the till. I'm sure they'll come back for it." So, speaking of good things coming to those who do good things, I better get some really good luck this 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 2024. I did a really good deed on the first of January. Forty quid handed in. You're very much welcome. Just wanted to say that. You should have kept it for the. Um... <laughs> Should have kept it for the shirt that you never to be going to <laughs> Probably <is> true. <laughs> that, that was God telling you, you ain't gonna win this. Yeah. <laughs> win this. There's, there's the money for it, like, you know, like, like take, take this, mate. Take this, mate. You're gonna need it one day. <laughs> this is the, the guy. They look on the CCTV and there's old Turkish walking by. Well, that would have been even better, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That would have been £40 worth of shopping, mate. That's it. Wouldn't it have been great, like, you know what I mean, if we'd come back, like, that five minutes later and say, and it was Turkish, like, you know, oh, that's money, like, you know what I mean, and you just walk around and go, that's Lee's mum for you, like, you know what I mean? The guy probably kept the money. The, the guy buying the tills probably put it in his pocket. He put it in his pocket. He's got an awful job now. Like, you know what I mean? I did my bit. I did my Jordan, bit. Jordan, Jordan, did, Jordan put himself in a position to do a good deed. How can you get the money out of the thing and not take the money? I've done it before. I've done it before. I've done it before. Just clocked, right? I might be wrong. Comment section, tell me if I'm wrong. I think if you left it, the cash machine would have taken it back in and not charged yeah. the guy. It does. It does. It <laughs> does. It does. Have it have it I'm giving it to strangers. It takes the money back then, does it? After after a while, it goes back inside, yeah. Really? But James, it, but James, here's the, James, here's the thing. If I hadn't have done that, some other unscrupulous person would have taken the money, and they definitely would have kept it. How do you know they would have kept it? You could have just oh come on! There's not many people like you me, Turkish. You know, you could have just waited there until they took the money in. That would have been a good better deed. Who? Yeah, you could have stood you there for five minutes for the money. You could wait at ten o'clock at night for some random to come back for their money. And I have I've got stuff to do. I've got my bottle of water. Yeah, I got my eggs, and I went back home. All right, I ain't got time to wait. You've lowered the chances of him getting this money back. How have you flipped this to me being the bad guy here? How is this reversed? Because he's going to come back and he's going to look at the machine and go, "Oh, look, my money's gone." No, if it was me, I'll tell you what I'd do. There's a good deed right now. Go and ask the fella in the. Is anybody that's what I would do? That's what I would do. He's open Lloyd's bank and gone. Well, it's all right. I probably wasn't charged. What? Hang on a minute. So if it was you, you wouldn't go inside and just just ask, excuse me, any chance someone handed in 40 quid? You wouldn't do that. Is that just me? No? Yeah, I fair, very good deed. 
Yeah, it's a very good deed, like, you know, but you just, lost, you just, you know, you just lost him 40 quid. <laughs> well done to Jordan. Good deed of 2024 out of the way. Any, I don't know. Never again. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Don't do it again. Like, Never I'm again. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to mind my business, just keep on walking. Uh, no, oh, let's wrap so it up funny. here, people. One hour, 34 minutes. So hopefully we're on a thousand likes. Make sure you check that before you leave and hit the like button. If we're on a thousand, let's get to 2,000 people. Show some love. Make sure you're subscribed. And as you heard it here, they want a rematch on Fair Play Quiz. Should we give them a rematch? Invincibles versus the Chuckle Brothers round no, two? It's, it's like you said, that, that boxing analogy. They've they got to, like... This is AJ's lost to Usyk. He's got to go fight someone else and, and work his way. You know, they, they've got to be... I don't know. I've got to beat Robbie and, and yeah, but James, the, the difference is AJ wasn't cheated out of a defeat. Yeah, we've been cheated out of a defeat. That's why we deserve a rematch. I don't know about that. But people, let us know in the comments. Do they deserve it? Do they have to fight for it? Let us know and hit the like button Go and ahead. love for the love. We'll be back after the Liverpool FA Cup tie. The regulars back in the building. But like I said, there's a lot of content coming out between now and then. So make sure you're subscribed with the notification bell on. Peace, people. We're out. Podcast Network.